Hello everyone and welcome to Alston and Berg's Open Forum, a podcast which focuses on issues and topics of importance to women in business today. I'm Anna Nolan, a counsel in Alston and Berg's restructuring and special situations practice in London, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Jessica Lu, a senior operations manager at Aurelius, focused on the turnaround and integration of businesses within the Aurelius portfolio. Prior to joining Aurelius, Jess was a senior vice president at Alex Partners in the turnaround and restructuring team with a focus on company side mandates. And prior to that, she worked at FTI Consulting. She has a degree in economics and a minor in accounting from the University of Southern California. Jess, thank you so much for joining us today and for taking time out of your busy schedule. Hi, Anna. Thank you so much for the warm welcome, and it's such a pleasure to be here today. As I mentioned in the introduction, you completed your studies in California. When did you move to London? So I moved to London about six years ago, and ever since I was a kid, I always had this unexplainable fascination with England. So as I got older and spent part of my college career in the UK, I knew immediately that that was where I wanted to end up. During my first job out of college, I'd asked for a transfer and a sponsorship to the UK, which can be quite tricky to obtain as a junior consultant at the time. But I persisted over and over again. I even had a director tell me that it probably wasn't going to happen to me for me at my level. And it took a few years to convince my employer that it was the right thing to do. And here I am, six years later, about to get my British citizenship. And I have not looked back since. Could you please tell us a little bit about your career journey? Yes, of course. So I started off in restructuring consulting, typically working with the debtor side of a business going through a Chapter 11 process. Moving over to the UK was a bit of a shock to me as the firm I moved over with was much more focused on creditor side mandates, which to me was quite a different environment to work in. You're typically working, doing more desk work. And I knew almost immediately that I was more interested in working on the ground with a business hand in hand, guiding them through a restructuring process rather than crunching numbers behind the computer. So I finally made a move into a role where I was able to work with businesses on the company side again. Fast forward a few years later, and given the amount of work I had done with private equity clients, I then decided to make the switch into the buy side space. But I was looking for a role on the operations side, which not many funds actually offer. And in working previously with various private equity clients, what I really enjoyed was the challenging situations you're put in. I also enjoyed learning about what makes a business tick and how you would go about using that knowledge to optimize the various areas in a business. What do you tell the audience about Aurelius and your current role? Aurelius is a listed pan-European alternative investment fund with a long track record of turning companies around. Last year, we raised our fund, which has provided us 
half a billion euros of firepower for acquisitions of business with revenues exceeding 100 million euros. Our sweet spot of investments is in the corporate carve-out space with one of our recent and largest acquisitions to date coming out of McKesson. We've also successfully exited various portfolio companies over the last 12 months, one of which includes Office Depot Europe. In regards to my role, what attracted me to Aurelius is their in-house operational task force. So we have over 100 individuals that sit on the operations team and we're quite hands-on with our investments and work alongside them on a day-to-day basis to optimize and streamline various areas of the company, as well as work with a bolt-on strategy. Um, Let's focus on leadership now. How important do you think good leaders are? And how do they shape professional careers of those they manage? I mean, in my view, I think good leaders are extremely important. And I think having a good leader can make a significant difference in the motivation of one's team. I worked with a partner at one stage of my career who had treated me like he had known me for years. And it came down to all of some of the smaller actions that he did, which made the most impact for me. For example, we would go out to team dinners and I remember he used to, being the head of the team, hand me over the wine list as quite a junior consultant at the time. And he would get my input on what kind of wine we should order for the table. Many times I think you come across leaders who feel like they need to act a certain way once they get up to that level of seniority. It is almost more rare to find someone who can level with others and just has a mutual respect for other people. So in regards to how it shaped my professional career, I think that has stuck with me and been ingrained in my head as to the type of leader I strive to be. How about you, Anna? How would you describe your leadership style? Uh, I'd like to be perceived as a leader, not a boss. Um, I have found that the best way to do that is to be the one who pushes the project forward. I focus on clearing the hurdles that face the rest of the team. Then I find the team and the client come to rely on me in the future. I also believe that credit should be given to those who work hard and take that extra step to deliver a fantastic result for the client. I don't want to be a boss who is detached from the team and just gives orders. As listeners may know, turnaround and special situations are a heavily male-dominated industry. What are the qualities that women can bring to the table? And how do you position yourself so that your voice can be heard? So I've been working with a business in the transport space who services large trucks or heavy goods vehicles. And let's just say I've learned to leave my high heels at home because that would definitely cause a health and safety issue at our garages. But I think in certain situations, women can bring a different perspective to a conversation. In positioning myself, I tend to find that I always speak my mind, but I've definitely found myself in situations where that can be extremely intimidating especially earlier on in my career where I had found myself in a room where the others were easily twice my age and I was of the opposite gender. What I would say about being in those situations is it's always important to remember there's a reason you're in that room 
and that if you have something to say, you shouldn't be afraid to voice your view despite what the age or the gender of those sitting across the table from you are. Um, and what do you like the most about your current role? Yeah, so piggybacking off what I briefly touched on earlier, I realized really early in my career that I enjoyed working in a role where I can be hands-on and on the ground and working side-by-side -side with businesses and driving forward actions. I've always considered myself to be a people person and value building relationships with those I work with in order to accomplish a shared goal. I also enjoy the variety in my job. One part of the day I could be sitting with our data team and the next I could be discussing the business case of adding a new ramp to our garage. So every day is different and that's definitely what keeps it interesting. Now let's talk about some personal questions around your hobbies and fitness. What do you do in your free time? So I recently realized that I gravitate towards hobbies that really take me out of my comfort zone. So I picked up horseback riding during the pandemic and they say in the riding world, you're not a good rider until you've had seven falls. And I'll tell you, your mistakes really stick with you once you've hit the ground. But in riding, I love show jumping and cross country. So the parts of riding that really build my adrenaline. And one day I really hope to find enough time to own my own horse. But I also have my 200 hour yoga teacher qualification, mainly because I've been practicing for a while and I still knew very little about yoga philosophy and I wanted to deepen my practice. And lastly, I also enjoy surfing, which can still be extremely terrifying at times. But when you have had an opportunity to catch an amazing wave, you get a feeling that is very hard to mimic in any other circumstance. How about you, Anna? Are there any activities that push you out of your comfort zone or that you find challenging? Absolutely. Um, I love skiing. I started skiing when I was four years old and my father encouraged me to compete in giant slam. This experience made me a competitive and brave person. Even now, despite having very limited time to enjoy skiing, I look for fun parks and search for ski resorts with the steepest slopes before I choose my holiday resort. Do you think that successful businesswomen who travel a lot or have busy schedules should try to find some time to do what they like, to avoid burnout and to bring the best out of themselves? Absolutely. It's funny you mention the word burnout because I always find burnout to be such a strange concept because there's not actually a tangible measurement for stress. So sometimes I find it hard to gauge where I actually sit on the burnout stress scale. And in my view, the best thing that a person can do is just stay consistent with their health and well-being. I think balance is important. And yoga for me is that activity that keeps me centered and helps me escape my sometimes very busy mind. I also find that it is even more so important to be consistent when you're traveling and on weeks that can be extremely busy or stressful. And I've started to force myself to get on the treadmill, even when I'm on the road with access to a not so glamorous gym. I try and get on the treadmill for at least 10 minutes once I've had quite a stressful day. But what I found is that it helps me reset and it helps me get into the right mind space.
Uh, finally, and before we bring this podcast to a close, do you have an advice for the aspiring next generation of future leaders? So my advice would be not to be afraid to go after what you want in life. I know this sounds so cliche, but going through a pandemic and having all the time we had sitting at home made me really think about my career and what I wanted out of it. I find that people think about other things they could be doing, whether it's in a personal or professional aspect, but don't always act on it because of various reasons, such as the fear of failing or just plain laziness. But I think it's so important to stay driven, not to be afraid to take risks and to put actions in place to go after where you see yourself in the future. Jess, thank you so much for sharing your story. I'm sure that you will be a great inspiration to many listening to this podcast. I'm Anna Nolan of Alston and Baird, and on behalf of our EU Women's Initiative Committee, I would also like to thank you, listeners, for tuning in to another episode of Open Forum. Be sure to follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll be back soon with another episode. You can also subscribe to this series wherever you regularly listen to podcasts, including on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.